is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Joe Mantello, and boy, do we cover it all. We start with early lessons in work ethic, and he talks a little bit about his decision to direct, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this part one with Joe Mantello. Keep on keeping on. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Joe Mantello. Joe, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Clayton. Nice to be here. Th- yeah, this is going to be fun. I, uh, <laughs> you've got multiple awards, three times that nominations, and eight times that in credits. Uh, I'm not going to make you regurgitate the resume. I want to take it back to the beginning of time for Joe. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? I don't know that anything was fully formed. I knew that I, you know, I came from a, a, a in Illinois, Rockford, Illinois, that had a lot of theater. Um, and once I, you know, stumbled onto that and found like-minded friends and colleagues, uh, we did an awful lot of theater in our town. And uh, eventually I sort of kind of uh, discovered that maybe this was something that I wanted to do for a living. And uh, so I uh, applied to drama school, got in, and then ended up in New York. Was there a moment in time where you decided to apply and to, you know, go in that direction? Like a specific moment? Boy, I don't re- I mean, there must have been, obviously, right? But mm-hmm. I tr- I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, it must have been junior year of high school um, mm-hmm. when, when, when all of us make those kinds of decisions. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it would always, it always seemed like a viable way to make a living. And I was never dissuaded from it by my parents or, um, you know, like I said, I had, I had so many friends who went on to work in, in, in different aspects of the business. And uh, so it seemed quite natural, I think, at the time. What did your parents teach you about work ethic? Let's see. Well, they both, you know, I come from a sort of a middle class, real, a real middle class, working class background. Um, and both of my parents uh, had jobs. And in fact, at a certain point, my father, uh, my father was a barber when I was growing up uh, because he went into business with his father. And they had a little, they had a little barbershop in town called Joe's Barbershop. And it was named after my grandfather. And but obviously, at a certain point, there were there were uh, he had there were two of us, and then uh, and then ultimately three boys, and I think my father decided that it was time to so he put himself through college. So he you know was working during the day and went and then went to school at night and became an accountant. So you know I always kind of understood that you had to work for what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And you had to work to uh, provide for yourself. Yeah. Same question, um, but with kindness. What did your parents teach you about kindness? Hmm. Well, my father is a very, very gentle man, very well liked, uh, life of the party, but um, but but also. Um, um, very, very uh, unassuming um, at, at times, you know, mm-hmm. and um, 
he just always was a very compassionate man. And, and uh, I understood that there were, you know, that part of why we're here on this earth is to, to, to be kind and to take care of other people. <laughs> My mother is a more complicated answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I'm pu- pushing forward a little bit. Uh, the decision to stop acting after Angels in 94. Can we talk about the specific moment in time when you decided that? And, and was it a difficult decision? You know, I, it's interesting that you say it like that it was a decision because for me, it definitely, it didn't manifest itself in that way of like, that there was a, that there was a dividing line between uh, the time that I called myself an actor and the time that I called myself a director. There was a kind of a gray period in the middle um, that uh, it's, you know, I was in the angel, the original production of Angels in America, and there was a part of me that unconsciously or even consciously, I suppose, knew that it was probably as good as it was going to get, you know, just in terms of, a, you know, a role in the theater, a project, the people that I was working with, the, 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 the script, just everything about it was it was like in some way I had scaled that, I had scaled Everest with that. And I started to feel a little bit like the, 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 the few things that I went out for as an actor after that kind of paled in comparison. Mm-hmm. And simultaneous to that, I was kind of working with a theater company that no longer exists called the Circle Repertory Company. And they were allowing me to start directing. And so it kind of did a, it was like a kind of a slow fade out and a slow fade up into one another. But it was, there was not one moment where I said to myself, you're not going to act anymore. Just sort of evolved. Was it, uh, was it easy or was it difficult or was this a natural evolution for you? It was just kind of taking the life path. It was a natural evolution. Once I started directing, I did have a moment where I thought, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. This feels, I feel much more comfortable in my skin as a, as a, as a director. And all of that, um, all of the noise in my head when I was acting was actually the director's voice speaking to me, you know, in my unconscious. And so I started to be able to articulate uh what it was that was going on all those years when i would be saying like you know my costume should look like this and why don't i do you know and his costume should look like that you know and all the kind of things that sometimes that would that would you know that that would kind of get in my way frankly um uh at times especially when i was working with someone that i didn't completely trust and fortunately there were only a very few of those i work i've worked with some great directors as an actor and so but so then when i was able to um in a room with actors as a director make those kinds of decisions make those kind of contributions suggestions um it felt quite it just felt really natural Mm-hmm. What did you going back to the Everest scaling Everest with the acting quite quite rapidly? Did you expect it to happen that way, or were you a bit surprised? You know, when you got to Angels in America, and you're like, "Oh, well, that was quick." No, no it wasn't, and it wasn't. I mean, it 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 wasn't quick at all. It mm-hmm. was many many years. I I mean, I suppose I I I came to New York from after drama school, so that was about 1984. And then Angels was, 
90, I don't even remember now, 92, 93, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Sure. And um, so that's quite, a, that's quite a long time of, you know, I mean, I certainly had work here and there and I was fortunate that um, I belonged to um, theater companies uh, as I said, the Circle Repertory Company, I was a member of Naked Angels mm. and, and then even had started my own little company with some friends called the Edge Theater. So I had things that would kind of sustain me, mm. um, but I wasn't particularly uh, valuable in the marketplace, <laughs> shall we say. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. We've been getting a lot of encouragement. Okay. <laughs> well, what, you know, there's that self-encouragement and to, you know, that, that increases as time goes on. You get better at that. Yeah. You want to stay afloat, right? Um, mentors, any standout mentors or standout pieces of advice from mentors along your life's journey? Um, mentors, um, uh, you know, I would have to say that um, Terence McNally made a huge impact on my life, an enormous impact on my life. And, and I think I'm one of many people who will say that about Terence. Um, and what he did was he took a chance on me uh, as a director at a time when he had really no good reason to, um, and certainly uh, the, the 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 prevailing wisdom at the time was that I was probably you know the least likely choice to direct this play of his. But you know he um, he he followed his gut, and he followed, and he was an instinctual man and an instinctual artist, and. Um, that one, that that made a big impact on me, and I think just recently in the last several years, let's say, you know, I've really tried to um, what's the phrase, uh, pay it forward, mm-hmm. and to uh, you know, tr- at least with one person on the team, uh, the production team, to kind of take a chance on someone, mm-hmm. the way that he took a chance on me. Mm-hmm. So that was really that was a really really impactful. Uh, moment in my life and it changed the trajectory of my life yeah yeah were there any standout conversations you had with him during rehearsals of your own self-doubt or was there no self-doubt or any encouragement or any anything come to mind we were just like-minded yeah we were like-minded we saw things the same way we had similar tastes and certainly similar tastes in actors similar tastes in um you know what we like to see on stage visually, sure. which was more often than not uh, less rather than more. Yeah. Um, we like theatrical actors. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was just no. It was. It was. It was it, I think we did. That Terrence and I did some of our best work together. Great. That's fantastic. Is there? And you might have answered this. Maybe not. Is there a show that has taught you the most about yourself? acting or directing or a significant amount about yourself? Hmm. No, I think you glean little things along the way. You know, I've, I mean, the one thing that I would say is as, as, as I get older, I've tried not to get complacent. Hmm. I've tried to do things that are risky, 
that cost that I might not be very good at um, to, to constantly try to challenge myself to be better and to, to, to take big swings. Yeah. Well, along that line, is there a conversation that you have with yourself when you're deciding to take a new project or not or choosing? Uh-huh. You know, it's really more, it's just, it's instinctual. It's like falling in love with someone. You know, how do you describe why, why you fall in love with someone? It's just, it is, it's this, it's this ineffable kind of feeling that you have about the person or the project or the collaborator. And I've just learned that for me, that when I've tried to, um, when I've tried to stay one step ahead and try to take it because I believe the outcome will be such and such, that that's never, it never bears out to be true. Mm. But that anytime I've followed my heart about a project or about the people that I'm gonna work with, I would say nine times out of 10, it's been a satisfying and uh, creatively fulfilling experience. That you're bringing up a good point because it's almost like a like a relationship, right? You are attracted to someone at a certain point in your life because of what's happening yeah. in your life. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. that maybe with art, you know, the piece. Yeah, yeah. It along that line, how has your taste evolved through your career? Well, I think you mean in terms of what I what I choose to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think. Um, uh, I mean, I'm, I've, I've been really re- fortunate in the sense that uh, having a show like Wicked, which continues to run, has allowed me to, to make decisions that are uh, purely based on what I'm feeling creatively, what I want to explore creatively at the time. Sure. And, I'm, and I'm, inc- I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lucky guy because of that. <laughs> I think I try to make decisions based on uh, that that are not based on uh, what what I think the outcome will be, but really more about what the process will be like. Who will be who will be in the room? Are they decent people? Are they an you know like no assholes? Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, Am I going to learn from them? What do they know that I don't know that they can teach me? Mm. You know, I'm just at the place where I want to, I want to keep getting better if I'm going to do this. And I think, you know, when I was, you know, many years ago, I think I was, I was much more ambitious in the sense of, you know, I wanted I wanted to be successful. And I've come to realize that for me, success is, looking back on the experience and evaluating like that only I can give myself. Mm. I only, I can say to myself that was successful. It doesn't matter what the world says about it. Right. And that if I'm giving that, if I'm, if I'm handing that over to the world to tell me whether something is a success or not, that I'm going to be a very unhappy person. Uh, You do you know what I mean? I do. Because, but but if I can say like you know, oh, I really loved every single person in that room, and this person taught me that, and this person challenged me to do something that I didn't know that I could do. When I come out of that experience, and I say, I can say, God, I, I I'm walking out uh, better than when I went into that room. Uh-huh. What where does that come from for you? 
Has that been your whole time directing? I want to get better. I want to get better. I want to get better. Or is that, was there a moment, a conversation in time where you were like, you know what? I want to get better. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, I think early on, I think I wanted, I wanted, I wanted success in the sense of the way that we all think of success. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be a well-known director who got offered lots of projects. And, mm. and so I made choices that I thought would get me there. And in fact, you know, more often than not, they ended up uh, being, there was something hollow about them mm. because I wasn't really, I wasn't following my heart and I wasn't, uh, I wasn't I, instinctually, I knew that I was, that the project was not for me, but there would be a, something very shiny about it, you know, some either a person or a writer or a this or a that. And, and, you know, you have enough of those experiences and you realize that, um, wow, that's, that, that's a dead end. Uh, uh, you know, Graciela Danielle uh, said to me once, this is actually a really great piece of advice. She said, um, and I think she, Bob Fossey said it to her. She said, you must always know why you're doing something. You must articulate for yourself why you're doing it so that when you come out the other end of the process, you can look back on it and say, yes, I achieved that. I, I achieved what I set out to achieve. She's basically saying like, set your own goals. Don't let the world tell you whether you have succeeded or not. Mm. And that's, that's part of your life as an artist. So that was, I think it was around that time, which was, oh, I don't, I'm bad with years, but you know, Grazia and I did a production of Pal Joey and uh, that was a really useful way of uh, framing it. Up to that point, were you setting like dreams or were they always goals? They were just, for the wrong reasons, so to speak. Uh, well, they weren't all for the wrong reasons, but it, but what it was is that I, I think I just I think I came to understand that you don't you one doesn't have any 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 control over uh, the outcome of something. Like sometimes even the shiniest package going into something, it just sometimes things just don't work, and there are amazing people involved. And so that, that to not be seduced by the shininess of the package, yeah. but to listen to your heart and your instinct and your, and, 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 and it will tell you, you know, is it, is it worth, you know, do you, is this the thing you want to invest in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that in a way that's staying true to yourself, you know, yeah. getting better at staying true to who you are, I guess, what you truly desire with that. Yeah. And I, I think it's a, I think it's a real, it's a real, uh, that's, that's our lesson. All of us, I think in some ways it's, 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 it's the, it's the thing that I say to actors, you know, who ask for advice about auditioning. It's like, you have to, you have to walk into that room knowing who you are. And knowing that what, what you are bringing to, into that room is unique and unlike anybody else that we will see that day. Own it, celebrate it, be confident in it, and walk out the door 
and feel good about yourself. Mm. Um, but too often, I think actors where I, where my heart breaks sometimes, and I understand it because I was that kind of an actor. You walk in and you're, you're, you know, you're trying to second guess. It's, it's the second guessing of what it is that's going to get you the job. And so you're skipping the part that is about bringing yourself to it. Right. Your focus is on what I want. And in fact, you don't know what I want. And sometimes, frankly, I don't know what I want, or I think I know what I want, right. but you can change my mind. Yeah. But you can change my mind by being your fully authentic, unique self, yeah. not by being your version of what you think I want. I mean, that right there, that's a secret sauce, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, it's I for all of us. I mean, I think, I think for all of us, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, and it's also easy said, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that, uh, yeah, we should all strive for that. Some days it's easier than others, but, uh, but yeah, we strive for. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.